Hi guys, welcome back to the Fight Podcast with Sharir and with me, Jan. Hi Sharir. Hey Jan, how you doing? <laughs> I'm doing very fine. How about you? I'm amazing. <laughs> so in the last couple of po uh, podcasts, we talked a whole bunch about fighting, about the difference between. Um, I know you don't like the term self protection or self defense, self -defense. but the whole area of of of. Uh, fighting without like a, 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 a martial arts con uh, concept also about martial arts but um i remembered that you in one of the episodes you said that an instructor for again you don't like it but self-defense um there's a lot more to teach than just fighting if you have an mma coach and then you have a calf coach or like a coach for self-protection Then you said, as I, if I remember correctly, you said there's so much more to teach a person. There's, a lot, there's a lot more to know. There's a lot more, much more to know. you have also the aspect of uh, the fighting, similar to, you, you said MMA, similar to MMA, you know, striking, the clinching, the wrestling, the groundwork. You have all that. Plus, you have on top of that, For example, knife attacks, which is a very common thing in the street. Mm -hmm. Multiple opponents, which is a very common thing in the street uh, as well. Maybe a guy with a stick. Um, and so on and so forth. Plus you have the whole mindset of a street fight. Or of an active killer situation. Crazy. Mm -hmm. You have to work on that. You know, on uh, de-escalating. You also, you don't necessarily know when a fight is going to break out. Well, that's that's why you also have to work on identifying suspicious body language and behavior, mm -hmm. stuff like that. So, yeah, as a whole, there's a lot more to know. I'm not saying it happens. You know, most, I would say the most self-defense, quote-unquote, schools don't ever touch on those subjects or um, they don't do it correctly. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot, if you're going to go and you want to do it as a professional, really... There's a lot more to know than just fighting. The fighting aspect in uh, the, again, the quote-unquote self-defense world should be already okay when shit hit the fan, mm -hmm. right? If, you, if you're training for a, a sports fight, that is what you're training for. So you know, you're gonna, you know exactly what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. You're going to go in the, in the cage, in the ring, and, gonna, and there'll be a fight. But uh, um, as far as, in terms of survival... You know, if you're fighting against a knife or against uh, two or three people, shit already hit the fan. But there's a lot of stuff that you could be done before to try to help you, uh, help you uh, never or reduce the chances of you ever having to fight in the first place. Mm -hmm. And that's another job of the instructor. So the idea is you have all of the fighting requirements that you also have in a ring, for instance. Mm -hmm. But then there's the added idea of, okay, now you have to... The mindset, the, the mindset. weapons, the multiple opponents, identifying, de-escalating. Uh, also the fact that losing is not an option. Mm -hmm. When you can't give it, up in position. Yeah. Exactly. If you're doing a grappling, you know, you give up position, you lost a round, whatever. Mm -hmm. You got four points on you. It's not the end of the world. In MMA... You know, you give up a position, it's a little bit worse because you're going to get beat. You know, someone takes your back, is going to hit you or choke you or the mouth is going to, you know, elbows in your face is never fun. But there is 
uh, a ref in the cage that his job is to protect you. Mm -hmm. So yes, it's a real fight, and yes, you're going to get beat, but only for a few seconds. Afterwards, it's going to stop, mm -hmm. and no one's going to rape you or steal your money or abduct you. Also, I feel like most like harsh injuries in uh, a cage are usually uh, by mistake. It's not the, the aim of an MMA fighter to actually injure his opponent, right? Right. right, right. So I think that's a big issue as well. While in a street fight, maybe you might think, I've seen you do it, or I've seen you show that, um, how to just break yeah. break a knee away? Yeah, break and a just, knee, or yeah, exactly. And that you wouldn't you wouldn't do that to an opponent just no, out of respect. Just, just, if it happens, it happens. That yeah. might be, but it's an it's an accident usually. Yeah, but yeah, it's usually you know people breaking their shins, mm -hmm. you know, or the knee. It happens by mistake. It or like a, an accidental eye gouge. Yeah, uh, I've seen that happen in in, in, yeah. in UFC. Those those types of things they can happen, but it's not the not the the whole right. idea of it. Exactly. And so. Um, If you, uh, you just said that um, there's, I think that's important for a lot of people that are just getting into all of this. Maybe people who already have some martial arts backgrounds or who, uh, but who haven't um, seen the, the necessity of Krav Maga. What, what could that do for me? Um, and also for people who are just starting out in general, two things. One thing is you said suspicious behavior, how you could identify that. Like, who is a potential uh, perpetrator of something? How can I identify that? How can I prepare without being, like, super scared the whole time? And the other thing that I think is important is um, that you... Th th there is a, um, a basic idea of just awareness, being aware of your surroundings. And these things need to be taught independent from fighting. And with, with your classes, for instance, um, how much would you say do you... Like percent-wise, like like how much do you talk about these things? It's quite, not just the quite fight. a lot, quite a lot. It's mm -hmm. something that you keep uh, also repeating during training, mm -hmm. <clears throat> and also then you have um, scenario training, which you keep uh, repeating or putting people through the scenarios, which in the scenario they might have to identify a suspicious person mm -hmm. for any reason. So it's something that there's a, like a couple of classes you you give on the topic, mm -hmm. and then you just apply it into the training. So, like, when someone goes through a scenario, for example, after the scenario, you, you, you're going you're gonna, to right, stop the scenario and say, okay, what happened? Mm -hmm. What did you think happened? Did you notice that guy? Did you notice that guy? Why was he suspicious? You know, and that's a very uh, good uh, learning experience. So, for people who are used to martial art backgrounds, do you have uh, lessons where it's basically a theoretical lesson where you just talk about stuff or you, you go through certain scenarios yeah, but sure. they don't fight? Um, not scenarios, but you go through uh, different details of, of uh, different ways to identify suspicious body language and suspicious behavior in people. Mm -hmm. um, also, when you teach um, in the security world, you know, uh, a guy uh, standing, guarding uh, an area. If he doesn't know what to look for, he's just looking all the time. I mean, what, what are you looking for? <laughs> what, what, you know? So you have to know what to look for. You have to know the signs you want to look for in people. Mm -hmm. Um, in most most in most cases, not all the time, but in most cases, before an attack happens, the person doing the attack, he let out some kind of suspicious behavior sign, mm -hmm. and and then you know after the math, you know, oh we you know we, we we saw him do this, we saw the guy do that, he was pacing, he was doing this, doing mm -hmm. that, we you know we weren't sure, we had a, a weird feeling about this guy. You hear that all the time. 
You know, oh, everybody knew he's a little strange, this guy. Mm-hmm. But nobody said anything, you know. Yeah. But that, that happens a lot. So uh, there's, there's, there's a lectures that I give on that topic, you know. But uh, you can only learn so much from a PowerPoint presentation. Afterwards, you have to apply it into, into training. Mm-hmm. But that's why when we say, you know, if you're doing MMA, okay, there is no suspicious behavior in MMA. He has a... <laughs> it's pretty he open, yeah. He wants to hit you. I mean, <laughs> that's pretty much it, you know. So MMA, I, I say it a lot, is the closest aspect uh, to a street fight. And yeah. That's why it's so important as far as um, covering all the distances and and as far as uh, all the possibilities, you know, the, the striking, the kicking, the clinch, the wrestling, the groundwork, just like a street fight. As far as the sensation, you know, someone wants to hit you, you want to hit him back. The pressure is great. It makes you tough mentally. But it has its limits, and that's one of the limits that it doesn't prepare you to de-escalate. It doesn't teach you how to identify, how to scan a crowd, for example, or how to identify suspicious behavior, how to stop it from ever happening. And that's another job. Um, you, you use the term self-defense instructor. I prefer the term combat instructor. Mm-hmm. And that's another. Um, that's another job of the combat instructor. What he has to. What what he has to uh, give to his uh, his students in class. Mm-hmm. So combat meaning for combat a civilian, but not a martial arts training. Yeah. But if, if um, you know, in uh, for example, me in the army, I'm a combat instructor. Mm-hmm. You know, when I teach shooting, I'm a combat instructor. But uh, you know, in my gym, I'm, I'm called coach. You know, <laughs> yeah. uh, well, it's not. It's it's I'm, I'm coach. You know, as far as the sports aspect goes, or as far as powerlifting. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. But as far as um, Uh, the streets, military, all that, you know, I'm, I teach and I get people ready for combat. Mm-hmm. I'm not a self-defense instructor because I'm not a lawyer, you know. But uh, yeah, that's why I don't like that term, self-defense instructor. Um, I don't teach people how to defend themselves. That's something that happens. Uh, as a consequence. As a consequence, but I mm-hmm. teach people combat. Mm-hmm. Because that yeah. mindset might be dangerous. If you're defending yourself, exactly. you're reacting. Exactly. And reacting is not enough. Also, I think it's important um, for people who have no um, martial arts or fighting experience in general to talk about why these things, like identifying suspicious behavior, all of these things are important. Because I've seen, especially online, sometimes the, the discussion of uh, being like, okay, I know MMA, I can kick somebody's ass. And they think that's kind of where they draw the line. But especially with... A lot of situations, when you look at how Hollywood portrays these things sometimes, there's this one guy, he fights 50 people, but they come one at a time. It never looks like that. And the I think the big issue is some of the time, just knowing you're about to go into a rough situation can can turn or can flip there's the a lot outcome. There's a, a lot of MMA fighters and wrestlers and grapplers out there who were stabbed to death or shot to death. Mm-hmm. Just re- recently, a couple of months ago, um, there was a person who was, uh, I think he was six times world champion who was shot to death, a uh, jiu-jitsu guy. Uh, it happens all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, the fact that you are a good fighter, and you are, of course, a good fighter, doesn't make you bulletproof or knife-proof or gang-proof as far as a, a lynch mob is concerned. And sometimes a person who does full contact has like a confidence to him, uh, which is... um Confidence is always important in, 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 a, in a fight, obviously, in sports and in the street because something you project, but sometimes it can also um, false confidence 
could be very dangerous, you know. Um, don't you know who I am? I don't give a shit who you are. I have a knife, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? That that happens. Uh, that's something that, that happens. But if the person knew how to de-escalate and talk his way out or identify suspicions, so maybe he would see that the guy in front of him might have a knife, maybe he would save his he own can life. Prepare. Yeah. We talked, especially with your uh, knife, um, with the knife fighting we, we do in ICCS, that's also an approach. Like you, you, you also, we also deal with the knife draw and how you can work your way around that one. And um, I think that's an important lesson. Like uh, a lot of these like choreographed things on YouTube, they're like, there's a gun to your, th uh, there's, there's a knife to your throat. He, he holds it there and then you, you do this crazy move and everything's fine. But the issue is, especially with these things, preventing someone from entering a conflict is already winning the conflict and these these kind of things if you're a good fighter there's there's an there, there's something to that and it's important to have that but it's not it's not, not preventing it's these not yeah, yeah. also with multiple attackers if you if you're able to to smell these situations out if you know these these are about to happen you just the way that you move you're you're about you're not bound to move as let's let's call it stupidly Like not not that that it's stupid, but you might do things that are also, counterproductive. Also, the fact that you are aware of the situation that there are multiple opponents. Yeah. Or you're aware of the reality that most fights are not a one-on-one -on -one situation. Mm -hmm. You're not going to be so eager to fight, mm -hmm. even if you're a professional MMA guy, because or a great wrestler. Let's say you're a world champion wrestler. You could only wrestle one guy at a time. Mm -hmm. Not not five people jumping you with 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 beer bottles and, and, and yeah and throwing shit, and shit maybe yeah. yeah exactly you know and if you go through that in your training as well you learn how to respect the street and be more careful or respect the knife you know when we practice knife right you you've done a lot of knife training with me. You get stabbed every single time. Yeah, I still every do every single fucking time. time yeah, <laughs> you know, but you minimize the damage, and you you go with you follow the principles of knife fighting, and and you were able to win in many cases. But you still get stabbed. You're still going to be looking for a hospital, mm -hmm. you know. And I always say to people, hey, you know, my job here. I'm not trying to make you feel good. It's a reality check. Just get, get into reality and respect the knife. Mm -hmm. And once you have respect for the knife, so even if you're A heavyweight, and there's a guy in front of you who's a little tiny little spaghetti, you're still gonna say, wait a second, if he's armed and you know, you're checking where his hands Why are. Why is he talking to me like this? Like, yes, how well, does he have where's this confidence? His confidence coming yeah. from? <laughs> so, okay, maybe he has 10 friends hiding behind the corner, which that's a common thing. Or maybe he has a, a little butterfly, uh, you know, one of those little butterfly knives, you know, mm -hmm. in his hiding in his crotch. And uh, that's another common thing, you know. And It's enough that he goes one fast uh, slice, you know, boom, up to your throat and you're over. You know, mm -hmm. Mr. Heavyweight is over for you, mm -hmm. you know, and that's the moment where you realize that even if you're the best back taker in the world, it's not going to help you. That's also something you that know? I thought a lot about lately with um, with like these big, tall, like muscular dudes, especially with, with uh, security at doors, for instance, that you have this like... Um, this certain aura and and you know that like all of these these uh, all of this mass has like some sort of um, natural body armor but these people we talked about vital points i don't know if you don't already do, do, did it here but but you talk about vital points a lot 
these vital points still apply with these people. It doesn't matter how big you are. Yeah, it's still you hit the certain guy in front spots. Of you is crazy. And he has a knife. It doesn't matter how big you are. Mm-hmm. You know. You know. There's a lot of memes like they have in jujitsu. They like to make fun of other other arts. So they have like a. There's a one meme I seen where there's a guy on someone else's back in the cage, and it's like the moment you realize your bench press doesn't help you. <laughs> well, I, I mean, it's a funny meme, but I think it's ridiculous because you don't do bench press because you think it helps you with your. If you do, you have to. If you think it helps you with your grappling, that's why you do bench press. So, I mean, it's not the reason you want to be strong or maybe you want to have a nice chest, I guess. But, mm-hmm. but I lift for strength, and obvi- first of all, it does help me with my grappling. Strength helps you. With strength in general, and, yeah. and anybody who says strength doesn't help with your grappling is is bullshitting you in your face. <laughs> Come on. Of course it helps you with the yeah. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, he has your back. Okay, so you can't bench press him off. But dude, if you have a good powerlifting torso and you do deadlift, you think it's much easier to turn back into someone than if you're a little nothing who never lifts. Yeah. It's, it's just the truth. You if, know? You're, if you're weaker, you, if you're, you're weaker, your yeah, technique turning, has to yeah, be so much more better. When you, yeah. when you practice, when you do weightlifting, you work in your core strength. Mm-hmm. And if you have a strong core, it's not so easy to hold your back. Mm-hmm. As if as if you don't do, you know, all you do is like pull Anyway, don't get me started. <laughs> okay, so it was uh, random coming. <laughs> yeah, but um, it, you know, so like you could do the same thing. Like, let's say you were, uh, you know, me. I love wrestling. You know, mm-hmm. and you know you're standing in front of someone, and then he slashes your throat. Mm-hmm. So you know, you, the moment you realize your sprawl doesn't work either, this is <laughs> it's a ridiculous thing to say because of course your sprawl works when it's supposed to work. But you know what I mean. But you you it's need not a miracle juice, yeah. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but you need to be well rounded in the street, and that's that's the point we're trying to make. And and, mm-hmm. and uh, I say this a lot. You know, hey, you want to fight in the street? You have to be an expert at escaping bad positions. Not like uh, you know, you should be an expert at escaping bad positions if you fight MMA because you lose or you lose sometimes if you reach those positions where you're weak at. But if someone takes your back in a grappling competition, worst to wor- worst comes to worst, it's going to choke you. In an MMA fight, worst comes to worst, it's going to hit you until you're unconscious or until you can't really defend yourself, and then somebody's going to protect you and he's standing right on top of you. Mm-hmm. But in the street, forget about the fact that no one's going to help you. You know, hitting the back of the head is not legal in, um, in any sports. But imagine you're in a turtle position and a guy's on top of you holding you, you know, controlling you by your hip, his knees by your knee on the side, and he has a nice, good base on you, and he's not hitting you, he's not trying to hit you in the jaw, you know, behind the ear. You know, in MMA, when that happens, you know, you turn your head and he hits you behind the head, he gets a warning. He's trying to hit you behind your head as hard as you, as he can, mm-hmm. with his elbow, with his fist, or with a rock. If you're not an expert on escaping those positions, you're good as dead. A street fight is really seven seconds for that for that reason, mm-hmm. you know. So that's why I always say, you know, you want to fight in the street, you should be an expert at escaping bad positions. Yeah, you should be an expert in not even getting in them. But you if can't, you're in, exactly, then you should you be know, you can't always avoid it, but you can't afford to lose. Mm-hmm. What if you're protecting your family or your girlfriend, and then someone smacks you down, puts you on your on your stomach, he sits on top of you, pounds the back of your head. You know what I mean? Think about that uh, situation. You know, you have to be an expert in escaping that position. And and if 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 you're training, let's say, and you know a whole round goes by, 
with your partner and you weren't able to get him off your back, think about what would happen if that partner was in the street trying to kill you mm-hmm. in those five minutes or those four minutes. What would happen to you? And that would put you in the right mindset and give you the right motivation to keep practicing, to be able to say, no, 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 I, I can't have that. I can't allow that. So first of all, preventing it. Now, preventing it doesn't start when the fight already started. Yes, then you're going to have to prevent someone taking your back or someone taking you down or someone stabbing you, of course, and all that. But preventing starts with identifying suspicious body behavior, mm-hmm. knowing how to scan a crowd, knowing how to de-escalate, all these stuff we could talk about maybe uh, other other times because it's every 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 everything I just said is a whole other topic. We could talk about that for two hours at each, at each subject. But that's where it starts. Mm-hmm. That's where it starts. And if you're not good there, you're in, a, in for a big surprise. Just like a lot of the Krav people or quote-unquote self-defense people are going to be in for a big surprise because they don't ever uh, um, uh, strike enough in training, they don't ever spar, they don't ever wrestle. So yes, they'll be in a big surprise because they're not ready for a fight. Well, so are the MMA community. Yes, they are very tough and probably more ready than a fight than a normal self-defense dude because they're tougher. Mm -hmm. But they're also going to be into a very big surprise when a guy pulls a knife or a guy calls his friends. And those two scenarios are the most common scenarios in a fight. Yeah. Because no one starts a fight thinking they're going to lose. So, you know, a guy looks at your colleague ears, oh, this guy looks like he's tough. Okay. I call a bunch of my friends up, wait for you outside. Well, you get the knife out instantly. Kni- yeah. Exactly. Because you know exactly. it's a tough opponent. Exactly. Just get the knife out. Exactly. And if, and if you don't know what to look for, you don't know how to find exits, you think you're all badass just because you fight MMA, um, you're going to be humbled, but the difference is you're going to be humbled maybe with your life. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's that's important. That's why uh, we started off talking today about, I said, yeah, uh, a combat instructor needs to know and needs to give someone much more than a coach Yeah, as far as that, because it's a, it's a bigger picture. And especially if you have this, with, in general, it's not a false confidence to have a one-on-one fight and win it that builds up your confidence. We talked about this in our last episode, like how can that benefit you as a person? But in this regard, it's kind of like a false confidence because the, the rules are different. You play a different game in the street. Not false confidence, but you're lacking in your ability and you don't realize it. Mm-hmm. Now, if it's a one-on-one scenario, yeah, sure, you're a very dangerous person. You know, what if a guy has a knife, and you're lacking? You don't, you don't even know to look for that. You know. What if the guy has friends? You don't even know to look for that. Mm-hmm. You have no idea because no one ever told you. Hey, you know, listen, the guy's smaller than you. What do you think? Look, no, no one starts a fight thinking they're going to lose, unless he's a, a guy who comes to die. Like a terror attack over, you know, religion or something like that. Then he doesn't mind. But in his eyes, he's not losing, he's winning. Mm-hmm. Really? <laughs> yeah. In his eyes, the fact that he's dead, he just won. So no one starts a fight thinking they're going to lose. If, you, if you're talking about the situation with friends, um, the, the, I think, how, how would you identify a group? Like if, if you're talking to one person... That person surprises you. It's just like you're out, you're, you're uh, celebrating something. One person comes up and this whole thing is, is getting weird. You know, okay, this might this might get rough. This is a weird situation. How would you identify who is with that person? In a group scenario. Mm-hmm. How could you see which one of the per- people around you, you're in, a, in a crowd maybe, 
who belongs to that one? Usually through uh, uh, eye contact with you mm-hmm. or with what's going on around you. Um, sometimes uh, one of the suspicious behavior signs is called a hidden connection. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you'll see that through there. That means that when you look at the two people, it's obvious to you that they know each other, but you're hiding that fact. That's suspicious. Why are you hiding the fact? Why are you hiding the fact that you're his friend? You know, because maybe they're trying to get you outside. You know, maybe they're planning some kind of ambush. On so it you. looks like there's just one person, but they might be four yeah, or something. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, guy who's walking backwards a lot, trying to lure you in somewhere else. Mm-hmm. He's being very aggressive, but he's also not. Usually, a guy who's aggressive is moving forward. That makes sense for you? Mm-hmm. But a guy who's being aggressive is kind of moving backwards, trying to bring you forward. Also, a little bit weird uh, as far as that, as far as the fact. And also, just, you know, you, you walk into a scenario, you know, you have no idea who's who or what's against what. Keep your eyes open. You learn a lot. So you might, or your tip would be to to have a a grasp of what is re- uh, happening around you. As far as um, as far as the scenario that you gave, as far as uh, mm-hmm. the scenario that you gave with uh, what, how would you know if he has friends or not? Always go on the assumption he has friends. Mm-hmm. That's always go. So when I'm, so you're looking you know, for who not, is it yeah, and not if you have, if there you have any. to be a professional. And not take it personal and not start being all like dramatic about it. But when I'm arguing with someone or trying to, I would say, de-escalate the situation. He's, he's in your face. I'm scanning the area for potential friends of his, potential weapons for me, the exit and stuff like that. I'm not, I'm working. You know what I mean? I'm going into a professional mode. I'm not like just in his face, all angry. And because uh, anger is a very dangerous thing, you know. Anger is not aggression. I think we spoke about that once, mm-hmm. right? Controlled aggression is what you want to have in a fight. Controlled aggression, not just pure anger. That's very dangerous. Because then, then you get sloppy. Because then you don't think. You work uh, with an emotion. And every time you work with an emotion, you don't think. So that's the idea. Mm-hmm. And with uh, in general, because you talked about this earlier as well, um, you said that there's certain signs of suspicious behavior there's certain things you can look out for if you're not in the let's say security realm okay you're you're not protecting something you're not about to it's not about um security stuff it's about someone in his or her everyday life what are things that make someone suspicious to you in that context suspicious signs Mm -hmm. there's a couple um we're gonna make it. Um, well, let's take it one by one. Mm-hmm. All right. Usually, the first the first thing you'll notice about a person is his appearance in life, right? If someone goes for a job interview, what's the first person? What's the first thing people notice about him? How he looks, his appearance, mm-hmm. right? That's why it's so important. To, I mean, I guess if you go to a job interview, to dress accordingly. To look nice, yeah. If someone goes to a party. Right? People who really care about what they're going to dress, how they're going to look, because they, they understand the that it's the first impression, you know. Right? That's why, you know, uh, it's always good to, to look nice, but I think the the best way, you know, if you're going to go to a party, the best way is to, if someone asks you, someone asks afterwards, hey, how, how uh, what was he wearing, what was she wearing, 
it's the best thing to uh, I don't remember but he looked nice I think that's the best uh, you know, mm -hmm. keep it simple that way you know you don't want to you know, stick out like a dog's bollocks you know <laughs> but um, but when asked good impression yeah, yeah. exactly so the first uh, suspicious sign if you're looking at people the first thing that's going to pop into any person's eye is the person's appearance so that's the first suspicious sign I'm looking anything suspicious in someone's appearance okay. so what what might that be just looking uh, weird uh, no weird, not fitting weirdness in? weirdness is another a sign okay because a person could be his appearance could be great but he's weird mm -hmm. so that's another sign sometimes they come together a lot of times two suspicious behavior signs will come together which even it's even going to arouse your suspicion more mm -hmm. you know what i mean but um that's another uh sign Uh, appearance, I mean, anything out of the ordinary and how the guy looks, the guy or the girl. Uh, uh, I can give you one extreme, one example um, from Israel. A couple of years ago, a guy walks on a bus um, wearing a uniform, army uniform. And... Since in Israel, everybody does the military, or most people do, so people understand how uniform is supposed to look. The guy was wearing his beret on the wrong shoulder. So wearing the uniform was not out of place. No, but he had the, he had the wrong, he had his he had this pins mm -hmm. and his beret on the wrong side, wrong shoulder. Mm -hmm. And his color of his boots were the wrong color for the beret. Now... Most people around the world were like, we're, we're, we, don't, we don't know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Fashion police, what's yeah. up? Yeah. <laughs> But since in Israel, everybody does the military, everybody knows how the dress code of the military is. Mm -hmm. So that's a sign of suspicious something in his appearance, right? People were, people were calling the police to alert a suspicious person by the time he already started shooting up the bus, right? So that's a, a, a live example for, of something that You know, out of the ordinary. But let's say uh, you're on a beach, right? Uh, in the summer, it's hot. And this is Europe, so everybody's in Speedos. <laughs> you know? Is that what you think of Europe? <laughs> <laughs> everybody drinks wine and wears Speedos. <laughs> you, know, you know it's true. Right? You know, you know it's okay. true right? Everybody's in Speedos at everybody's the beach. Everybody's in okay? Speedos on the beach and in bikinis. And then there's a guy with a trench coat. Mm -hmm. It's weird. Now, does it mean that he came to kill everybody on the beach? No. But you should keep But an eye. You should keep an eye on him. Mm -hmm. And if you are there to protect the beach, if you're a cop or some security guy, it's your job to clear that suspicion. And talk to the person. Talk to him. Yeah, talk to him and clear the suspicion. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So uh, those are two examples. I mean, for something out of the ordinary in someone's appearance. Also, you know, anywhere you go in the world, I would say there's like a certain dress code people have, even without speaking about it, you know, people mm -hmm. dress a certain ways, fashion or whatever. And then there's a guy or girl who's like totally out of it, the way they're wearing, you know, that's a little suspicious. Again, it doesn't mean that he or her are terrorists or rapists or muggers, but it's something that should alert a little bit your... Mm -hmm. your suspicion that makes sense or it's more about does the look make sense in general exactly, exactly. because you might have a group and there's one person that belongs to another group that, but it fits in in the other group so it makes sense still years ago I used to work at uh, this place um, 
it was a security company that the job was to identify uh, suspicious, um, identify suicide bombers, mm -hmm. basically. Um, so scanning a crowd and looking for suspicious people. And this was in Jerusalem. So I'm across the street from a bus stop and I'm looking at the bus stop and uh, I see a guy uh, sitting in between two girls. Now, uh, he's an Orthodox uh, Jew. You know how they dress with the black hat? Mm -hmm. black and the long hair on the side? No, not all of them have, have a oh, long okay. hair, but a black hat, black mm -hmm. suit, beard. So, okay. But the thing about him, number one, he was sitting in between two girls. They would never do that. They would never uh, sit next to a woman if it's not their, their, his wife. Okay? They would never do that. So that was already a little bit weird for me. Mm -hmm. And second thing is, this is going to be a little funny, he was wearing pink sneakers, pink tennis shoes. So the, the outfit so was... So the outfit was, was lacking. I mean, do you have this orthodox guy, you know, very religious, but pink tennis shoes... Doesn't, yeah. <laughs> doesn't fit into... So that was suspicious. So I have to clear that suspicion, right? Mm -hmm. So I walk over to him. I say, good morning, security. And his response was... Uh, he had a bag on his lap to... Uh, quickly um, put both hands in the bag as fast as he could. So in my mind, I'm about to explode, you know? I'm like, damn. <laughs> but uh, It's a fucked up so day. <laughs> I, I, um, I follow his hands as fast as I can into the bag, grabbing his hands, and I'm trying to take his hands out while I'm breaking his wrists. And then he starts speaking. And when he started speaking, I understood the guy's just a little bit weird, you know, a little bit crazy. Because I, I, I could hear his accent and the uh, things he was saying. like So, I mean, that could happen, you know. But that's an example for suspicious clothing. Now, anybody listening could take it to their own, where they live in their own their own little world, you know. Mm -hmm. But the first thing you would ever notice about a person in any walk of life is his appearance. Because mm -hmm. you don't know his personality. You don't know, you know, what food he likes. But you know how he looks because that's what you see. That's the first thing is his appearance. And with weirdness, you would put so that the together second with like thing, nervousness. Is that the no. same? No, it's, it's so different. the second uh, suspicious behavior side would be nervousness. Mm -hmm. A guy who's nervous. Now, nervousness, again, like I said, it could come with appearance too. It usually will. If it's a real bad guy, it would come with you too. Okay, but nervousness would be the signs of nervousness would be, for example, wiping sweat. I was sweating, nervous, right? Uh, pacing back and forth, getting upset, agitated if someone touches him by mistake, mm -hmm. nervous. Um, why is that uh, suspicious? Do you have any idea? Why would that be suspicious? Because he's very excited. Because it's, he's about to do yeah. something illegal yeah. or something dangerous. Or he, he's nervous. You have uh, guys who fight in the cage or the ring who hop up and down or pace back and forth, run around the, 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 the cage. That's normal. He's nervous. He's trying to psych himself up. Right? So go back to the beach with the guy with the trench coat when all the rest of you have your speedos. <laughs> he has a trench coat and he's nervous. Isn't that a little bit more suspicious? Mm -hmm. See what I mean? So that's the second sign usually I uh, would look for because that also will pop into your eye really quickly. A guy who's nervous, not really quickly, not as quick as appearance maybe, but 
the second quickest, which mm-hmm. I still don't know. I still didn't talk to him, but I see the guy is weird. You know, I mean, not weird as far as, I mean, it's suspicious as far as the way he's, he's um, pacing back and forth as he's wiping sweat. Maybe he's talking to himself. All that isn't, you know, that's a big no-no. What do you think of the opposite effect? If you have like a crowd and something loud so that happens, brings us, and one person does not react so that in the brings same us way. to the third sign. Mm-hmm. Okay, the first two were appearance and nervousness. The third sign is weirdness. That also is a suspicious way of behaving. Mm-hmm. A guy who's just weird. Now I'll give you examples for that. Tunnel vision. A guy who's just, let's say, he's sitting on a bus stop or sitting uh, outside of this big shopping center or or outside this discotheque, and he's just looking inside, but like tunnel vision. not He's blocking everything out around him, doesn't notice anybody. Someone wants to talk to him, he doesn't even hear him. He's just looking into one direction all the time. It's very similar to fighters. Like we said, you know, one fighter is going to be pacing around, Mm -hmm. hopping back and forth, being nervous, hyperactive so to speak. And then you have another kind of fighter who's just like, he has tunnel vision. He's just like in there, you know, maybe maybe a little moving back and, you know, weaving a little bit like a leaf or something. But he's just looking at his opponent, blocking out the crowd, blocking out the ref, blocking out even sometimes his corner, just looking at his opponent. Weird thing is I've experienced both things. Which is, one is like, the, I'm nervous, and then it's like, okay, I'm, I'm about to be tested, yeah, I'm about to fight, and then you... They don't always contradict each other. Mm-hmm. They don't always contradict, but it's human behavior. Mm-hmm. So that's another thing I would notice on someone. So signs for weirdness would be exactly that. Tunnel vision, not recognizing when people talk to him. You know, he doesn't see anything but a specific area, weird. Everyone's may- maybe running, like you said, or laughing or shouting depending on the scenario he's just sitting there or stand there out of it in his own zone in his own world mm-hmm. weird so does that mean he's a bad guy who came to blow himself up to oh, shoot he might people, just have to a stab bad day. people to rape well, he just might be a weird guy yeah but it's your job as if you're in the security field this would be your job to clear that suspicion or if you're not at least to get out of there or to warn people or maybe to call uh, the police and people who, who should uh, do their job. So mm-hmm. that's important to understand. That's the third sign. So you think if if um, if you're out and about and you see one of these things or maybe two of these things, you think that's that already justifies talking to security personnel, to police, for sure, whatever? For sure, 100%. You think that's a yeah. thing you should do? And they'll also take you ser- more seriously. You see, if you call up uh, police and say, yeah, someone uh, out there, I have a bad, you know, I don't know, the guy's uh, this and that and this and that, and uh, it's okay, you're just being paranoid. Mm-hmm. But if you know how to pinpoint your exact suspicion, he doesn't tell fit, the guy he's weird, is weird his, yeah. his appearance is weird, the guy is, uh, is, is uh, he has tunnel vision, they'll take him more seriously. Mm-hmm. They'll take him more seriously, oh, this guy knows what he's talking about. You know, and there's a bigger chance of them coming and checking it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, next uh, suspicious sign, okay, we I, I gave already three, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. First thing appearance, is appearance, nervousness, and nervousness weirdness. weirdness, okay? The next one uh, is, the I would say, the most problematic one, because this is where people don't act upon it. It's called a hunch, mm-hmm. a gut feeling. 
If you have a gut feeling about someone that something is not right, that is a suspicious sign. And more than that, I can tell you in the professional world, they would treat that sign just like any other sign with 100% seriousness. Mm -hmm. Especially if you're a person who is used to working with other people. That means you are a cop or someone who's outside with people all the time. And then you just have this bad feeling about this person. You should always... um, clear that suspicion as well by a conversation or by something but you have to treat that as how many times after a school shooting uh, you know in the US or something uh, we knew that guy is strange everybody thought he's strange but nobody said anything like the whole community knew him yeah, but for nobody, being but strange the thing is nobody wants to offend anybody mm. so they're so afraid of offending someone they they end up uh, dead mm-hmm. you know what I mean and there's ways of doing it without really offending people I was when I had that Uh, sign with people I would always walk over with a smiley face and say you know a nice you know, like a little act a little joke or something and you get a smile out of anybody usually if he's not here to kill you okay so it's very doable it's very doable but people are so bashful about that or shy you know shy and like I don't want to offend anybody so they just prefer to shut up mm-hmm. but you know The human was created with a hunch, you know what I mean? With a gut feeling, and I think that was put there on purpose for many aspects of life. But one of them is to is to help you, uh, you know, survive. Identify yeah, danger, yeah. Exactly. Let's say, I mean, you know, you're female, and uh, I mean, you're in the last one out of the office in that day, and in the building, and there's an elevator, and I mean... Uh, A guy walks in and he's like holding the door. Hey, come, come on, you know. But something is not doesn't feel right. I mean, the guy doesn't have any suspicious signs, but out of the out of, except for the hunch. But something doesn't feel right. Don't go into that elevator. I don't care if you hurt his feelings or not. I say no, no. I got, I got, a, I forgot something upstairs, or I got, a, you know what I mean? Just don't, because mm-hmm. that's there for a reason, you know. So that that's a, uh, a one suspicious behavior sign that sometimes people miss or or uh, mess up. With the with the first three, um, you said you you went over to someone, talked to that person. Um, I was just wondering how, um, especially if you have a hunch, if you have this feeling, um, or if you see someone who has some suspicious attributes. And you talk to them. What's what's the idea? Because if you see someone is weird, you talk to them. You find out, okay, they're weird. What, what's the idea? Now? Clear the suspicion. To clear the suspicion. Okay. So uh, I like to when I teach this, uh, call it attack the suspicion. Basically, attack the problem. Okay. So uh, I don't know if a guy's in a in a bus stop and it's summer and he has a coat on. Walk up to him. Good morning. Where are you going? He tells you, oh, I'm going to um, this and this place. Uh, okay, what bus What, what bus number? This, this bus. Everything makes sense. I mean, that that bus does get there, and that's where it's going. And he answers you calmly, normally, and they'll find you. Just clears your suspicion. Mm-hmm. You could sometimes even say, hey, you know, you have a coat on, you're cold, as a joke. 
Sometimes people like it, sometimes they don't. But I mean, it's all. Yeah. You smile at someone, it's always okay. You know, but you want to clear that suspicion. So you 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 want to ha- ask him a normal question and get back a normal answer. Sometimes even "f you" is a normal answer. It's not personal. I'm not trying to be his friend. I just want to see that everything's fine with him. So he got offended because he, you know, what do you think? I'm a bad guy. Fine, whatever. You know, if that's your job, if if you're just a guy and. I mean, who are you to walk up to someone and uh, speak to them, you know? So just be alert. Maybe, uh, you know, cross the street or maybe um, alert someone who is his job to speak to him and talk to him, you know? And what if, the, what if the suspicion hardens? What if you see, okay, this is weird? Because you can't just punch someone for being weird. If this is, <laughs> if this is weird. And again, so it depends on your job. If you're a cop, you have no problem. You could detain someone for that. You know what I mean? You could. Mm-hmm. You're not breaking any law by doing that, right? If you're just a, a guy or girl, I mean, so alert people who could. Yeah, you just but you're just out about at a, at a fair or something. You see this guy doesn't fit it. This is weird. You talk to him. You may, you, you see, okay, this doesn't really add up. Stay, walk away. Just stay clear. Yeah, stay clear. Stay clear. Okay. Maybe talk to someone whose yeah, job it is. Find to find someone okay. whose job it is to, to, to help you with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Okay, okay. Yeah. So that, that will that, be... You know, that's... Um, the smart thing to do. I mean, if you're in an argument with someone, you know, and you're scanning and you see a guy next to him who has tunnel vision on you or is pacing back and forth, or that might be his friend. Mm-hmm. You know, that might be his friend. Uh, you know, that, that brings us to the, 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 the next um, sign of, of suspicious behavior is hidden connection. Mm-hmm. That means that you see two people that when you look at them, two or more people, when you look at them, it's obvious to you that they know each other. Maybe by the way they dress or... Yeah, yeah. by the way they dress or maybe they're, you know, signaling to each other, mm-hmm. texting each other. Let's say two guys on the same bus, same train, texting each other, look, oh, two sides of the street. So when you look at them, it's obvious that they know each other, but they're hiding that fact. That is weird. Mm-hmm. That's suspicious. Mm-hmm. Why are you hiding that fact? So it might be to, to kick your ass. It might be for other reasons, you know. Uh, kidnapping is one big reason. Sometimes terrorist attacks is um, a guy who brings the other person there and, the guy, and walks away. The guy who collects the intel. Mm-hmm. You know, it could be for rape, for mugging, for anything. Trying to lure you to, to come into this alley, to come out of the this uh, party, to come out of this house to somewhere quiet. The big issue can also be like gang initiations when someone has to prove themselves. That's also yeah, a thing. A yeah. big thing, is, exactly. So that's uh, another suspicious behavior sign is hidden connection. Mm-hmm. You know, all these, what we're talking about is things that as a, just as a tough fighter, you never think about because mm-hmm. no one ever tells you this stuff. You're already, you're you know, always surprised you, by You, you will never think fight. about it. You're like, you know, what do you mean? I've been doing MMA for 10 years. Okay, that's great. And that does give you the huge advantage over everybody almost, mm-hmm. but not over six people who are hiding with clubs outside your door. You know, only thing that can help you prepare for that is this kind of training you know situational awareness and that uh, identifies suspicious behavior and, and all that stuff mm-hmm. yeah are there mo- i think we now listed five signs there's more there's a couple more are there more but more. i think that's that's uh, that's too much for one episode okay no um, I'm, i'm just i'm just asking like i'm i i'm not sure how many you you still have left 
<laughs> there's a couple more. Red five. Okay. Yeah, there's a couple more. We could go through them if you want, or if we, could, we could wait. That's I think. Good. I think just by by the timing, I think we should do that next episode. No problem. What do you think about that? Yeah, we can okay. continue. Yeah. Let, let's wrap this up. Okay. Okay. Well, it was great to see you again. <laughs> it was great to see you again. Yeah. Right. So I think now we 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 have the topic for next time. See you then. Bye bye. Bye bye.